You are listening to Arts on the Air, a bi-weekly-ish interview show dedicated to Savannah, Georgia's artists, musicians, and authors. Each episode will feature a guest in conversation about their philosophy, practice, and current projects, as well as their thoughts on the state of the arts in our community of Savannah. Our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesnow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey everyone, welcome to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey. I have David Lachlan with me today. Welcome, hey. David. And we have the pleasure of speaking to Stephen Kaysen. Welcome. And Heidi Kaysen. And Heidi. And Heidi. Welcome, you too. The His wife. Half. I'm going to read just a little bit from your website, which I thought was a really uh, cool description of your work. Oh. And you said. Well, hold on. I haven't updated that in 15 years. Okay, you can tell me what part okay, this is. Okay, so change the um, age. This is going to be a surprise to me because <laughs> I, I never update. Yeah. Um, Hopefully you're you're still a painter, though, right? Oh, yes. Okay, so this won't be too out of date. Using oil paint, I began experimenting more with painting knives, which force a direct and loose style. The impastoed surface of the paint itself will reflect a more pure color. The paint strokes are more expressive and deliberate. Ah. Does that sound accurate? Okay, so 10 years ago, I switched to acrylics. Okay. Okay. So um, there was maybe a five-year period that I just used palette knives and oil paint. And part of that's because when you're cramped in a little place to paint, and, and which I was in City Market, I, I couldn't and make still it are. Yes, and I You're still, still at City Market. Yes, yeah. still at City Market. And so that was a way, oh, and also I was doing art festivals and I could take the whole oil paint setup on the road, which a lot of people are surprised by, but you don't need much to do an oil painting can set up a little easel, have a little table, and that's all you need. But acrylics, messy, uh, everyone says they're easier to clean up. I disagree. They stick to everything. Everything gets covered. I was going to say, I always thought that was quite the opposite. Everyone thinks that. I don't know why everyone thinks that. I didn't use acrylics up until I, maybe I was in my, um, that would be mid-30s. Okay. I, I did oils. You know, I got comfortable with oils early on mm. and watercolors and both of those in high school. And I was in art school and you just kind of stick with whatever you wanted. Mm. And some were, I mean, I, I used acrylic. I was an illustration major at uh, Memphis College of Art. And a lot of that was, um, it was all pre-computer. So, you know, a lot of pencil this and that. Um, after a year or two, I, I wanted to be a painter instead of a graphic artist. How would you, I'm curious, you said, you're saying that on the road with your art fairs, you would have a small oil painting you're working yeah. on. How do you pack that up at the end of the night and take you it have, with you? Uh, I would customize boxes that they could slide into, um, and I could carry them around, but... So yeah. instead of just wrapping them in cling wrap. Yeah, no, you have to keep the it's surface. It's like MacGyver when it comes oh, is to that right? being yeah. mm-hmm. mobile. We'll figure out how to do this somehow. Yes. I always thought there's got to be a better way to do this. And, you know, you look around and you ask people and they're like, yeah, pizza boxes with Velcro and thumbtacks. And yeah, so putting Velcro on the back of the stretcher bars and then having a rigid box that's not going to press against it. And if it does yeah. press against it, you're the artist. You 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 meant to you do. You call that. the shots. You say if that was okay <laughs> I, or not. I wanted that effect. I mean, a, I tell people a pizza box is perfect. If, if, and great. I spilled something on it. That makes it yeah, yeah. valid. If I it, it's okay. art, so, damn it. Because listeners, yeah. if you haven't worked with oil, it takes a very long time to dry. 
Yeah. Well, Forever. So I figured out how to make it drive faster, and it was all stinky things, like Liquin. Um, yeah, the additives. Yeah, and Heidi's got a nose of a bloodhound. And <laughs> and so you remember it well. Oh, my gosh, yes. I had burned out my nose, so I didn't smell anything. I thought everyone was being dramatic. Oh. I'm like, whatever, and I'm dunking my hands in paint thinner to... Yeah, that makes sense. It's probably going to kill me. Yeah. You, but you probably got some up. residual effects from it already. <laughs> yeah. And in City Market, I'd never had ventilation, and I'm right there on it. But, oh, yeah. Uh, so. So what, what exactly was it that made you switch to acrylics? Just all of this? Well, um, I, don't, I think I get, I get bored easily. Mm-hmm. And no, I know what it was. I was in Blick one day buying my usual massive amount. Painting with palette knives, you go through paint a lot. And I would buy larger quantities online, but I would often go visit Blick and Utrecht. And uh, Adam was the manager of Blick. And he's like, one day he's like, why don't you try some acrylics? How can you never do that? I'm like, oh, nobody uses those. He's like, no, nobody uses oils. (laughs) You're the only one. Which wasn't true, but he's like, yeah, I just got... He, he had a big sale on them or something, no, and know. he had to get rid of them that day? I and... said, but what about all the students from SCAD? Aren't they using oils? He's like, no, no. they don't use oils in SCAD. It's like, it really? blew my mind. Yeah. For yeah. the early classes, for the, the foundation classes, mostly you're using gouache, which is interesting. Right. That's like the required thing that everybody is having to get at the same time as gouache. And then you're going to diversify into what you're actually doing. And most people aren't going to use oils because you have to like churn out a project really quickly. Yeah, and that's why I I wanted to be a um, studio arts major and not an illustration major because I didn't like the idea that I couldn't use my oil paints. I was comfortable with them. I you know at the time we're talking early '90s. Serious artists used oil paints, and acrylics were for people that did. Uh, they were for the sellout artists that needed to get stuff done in a day and get paid for it. The more so commercial like, okay. work and, yeah, the, commercial and the fast-paced stuff. Right. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to do it like Van Gogh and Monet did it. Yeah. Mix their own. <laughs> yeah, right. I did some of that, too. <laughs> and put it in little pig bladders and tie them up. Do you know yeah. how they used to do that back in the day? Yes. That was weird. Yes. And they used to use earwax for oil paint medium Renaissance days. <laughs> True. Seems like that would really limit how much you can actually make. I know. <laughs> Are you telling me the Mona Lisa was done with earwax? I, I have, There's a good uh, possibility that's true. So home, <laughs> I don't know about, I don't know that far back, but as early as okay. like the Taft, I, I can tell you where I got the tidbit about the earwax. Okay. I was in like elementary school and we had a Taft Museum in Cincinnati, Ohio, had a great art collection and okay. we had somebody there giving a presentation and now they may have been lying, but they said a common um, oil painting ingredient was earwax, and the homeless would line up and get a, a couple bucks or nickels from the artists every day. They come in and get their ears scraped out. <laughs> I'm so sorry I pushed that. That's incredible. I know. <laughs> I've look never you, tried it. Look what you did, David. <laughs> well, I was curious. I just yeah. it sounds like. I don't know. I, I heard it somewhere. Secret ingredients back then, no, you know, there's not written record because they did not want their secret ingredients out. True. So I think the wildest part of the story is the fact that it was the artists who were in the position of having money to pay people for anything. True. 
maybe it was the patron would would collect yes, a lot of earwax it. for their. The artists. patron needed a painting, and so they were. <laughs> or maybe supplying they the money for the earwax. Went and got something for sandwiches. And, That's wild. Yeah. How about we back? How about we back up and? Uh, <laughs> no, I want to. I want to go on about the earwax. Of course, David would. No, okay. <laughs> I, li- I like the story of um, so you you're from Cincinnati, Ohio, and yeah. your earlier schooling was both in Memphis and Cincinnati. And yeah. on your website, it said, or maybe in the email you sent me about what brought you to City Market, yeah. that you were living in Florida, and then a spot opened at City Market, and yeah. that's why you guys moved to Savannah. Yeah, that was fascinating. So you were so into City Market that you were moving here for that. Okay, I was in love with City Market in the early '90s when my parents retired here. And I would come visit and look around town. And I remember meeting Chuck Hamilton and showing him some photos. And he's like, Chuck Hamilton owns the A.T. Hunt Art Gallery. Okay, cool. And it was a very nice, clean, I mean, it looked like a totally different gallery than what it has transpired. Now there's a million artists. There's There's like four or five in there at the time. Yeah. So it was new. Yeah. It was like Grant Nelson. Um, and Brian McGregor told me the story because he had been in City Market before I was. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, we all started that gallery. And this is A.T. Hunt. A.T. Hunt. Right. So that's probably been that and Signature, like the oldest remaining. Do you know how, and I hate to put this in, but do you know where he got the name A.T. Hunt? No. That's from a Monty Python sketch. Oh, Okay. I asked him about this nice. because I recognized it. Okay, I didn't want to go on. That's too good much, trivia. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Heidi um, and I met in Florida in like 2008, and I had gotten divorced from my wife, starter. my starter wife, of, of like seven or eight years. She had been the one to move to. What part Florida. of Florida? Orlando. Okay. And. Um, yeah, when I met Heidi, she had a bird girl statue in her backyard. I was like, oh, oh you know, we got, we had to go visit my parents. They live in Savannah. I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. And me, her, and a, another friend of mine that we had, uh, Oscar Bowen, we had started a gallery in Sanford. And I got my taste for that. Mm. And uh, anyway, we came up and, yeah, later that summer of 09, we had moved here. Now, I was doing art festivals at the time, and I was like, yeah, I want to get city market space, and, um, and then we'll move there. I was on a waiting list. Were, were you traveling doing art fairs? Yeah. Like traveling around the, around the country? I worked as well. I yeah. had a job for the whole time. Well, I've always had to work. People, people look at me now. They're like, oh, life's so easy for you. I'm like, well... I make it look easy now. Well, hasn't always been but easy. But you work to make it easy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I set my sights on figuring out how to make a living as an artist. Right. And I was always working, often two jobs. I, I have a long, varied, interesting job history. As many artists do. Right. I know. Yeah. And I was always doing whatever I could. I mean, I, I tried galleries at the time. And any... I basically had a... And I recommend young artists take the same approach, which is uh, don't say no to opportunities. Even, we're talking early 20s. Now, nowadays, no is powerful, and I say no all the time because I have enough experience to know that I'm not gonna enjoy that. You know, I, portraiture, I don't enjoy it. It's too fussy. Well, I mean, everybody has their 
you know, exactly. that's, that's the other thing I was going to ask, is what right. were you focused on then? Okay. There's no way to describe oh, it. I've got to show you. <laughs> this is Some radio. Things. You can't just show know, me. But as much as we've talked about <laughs> the past and everything over the years, okay, yeah. you've never seen like stuff that I did back... The art school days were very... Full disclosure, Stephen and I have known each other for a little while. Over a month. Now, I didn't really start... <laughs> Using holy palette yeah, knives. This stuff is mind blowing. All right, so it's, it's very fantastical. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, um, these were very personal paintings in the sense that they were based on drawings I would build up through, let's say, a month or two of my life. These are all personal symbols sitting in cafes. So they're a lot tighter, less. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was. That's what, I'm trying was to describe the, them because we are in an auditory medium. Right. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. It's more yeah. of a fanta- fantasy. Surreal. I don't want surreal. surreal. And it's with brushes. It's not with yeah. the palette knife, right? So and it's, it's much more tighter. Very meticulous uh, drawings. I would and we'll do have to have some pictures up on the. Yeah, site. you have to send cool. us some photos, and we'll we'll post them as sure. well. All right, so I was doing a lot of this kind of stuff. So and this, I was trying, you know. This is what you were selling at the art fairs? I was trying to. Yeah. I sold prints of them and. You felt like, like the subject matter was not appealing to a lot of yeah, people, you well, think? Yeah, well, I had always made, uh, let's just call them boring landscapes well, like this. Did you feel like they were more personal and so they wouldn't go into uh, like a market, uh, marketable item? I, you know, if I would have stuck with good. this for another few years, then it may have gained more traction. I'm gonna find one uh, that I did about Savannah. When you first uh, started here? It was long before I moved here. Oh, okay. I mean, it was like, a, these were from the 90s. Oh yeah, okay, so on a visit to my parents' house, I walked around downtown. Oh yeah. Andrew, you might recognize. This the is called stairs Savannah steps and those uh, iron rock uh, Yeah, they're, that's on, um, it's not. Yeah. It's not a exact reproduction. You're not. Uh, you you are putting life into those and your vision into those. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I had a whole. Con- I mean, when you're a young idealistic art school person, you're really trying to impress your professor. You're really trying to do things no one's ever done. Um, I found that I was spending, let's say, a hundred hours on a painting. And at some point when I started to show and try to sell them, I realized I will never be able to make a living doing this. In hindsight, I just needed to find a market that would appreciate work like that. Right. But we're talking, I'm like 20. So I didn't know. Right. I, I mean, all I knew was, okay, make Plus you're sheets. from Ohio. Yes. So that sort of limits your... I know. Yeah. And I was, a, you know, in Memphis and in University of Cincinnati. Sorry, but I'm from uh, yeah, Ohio, I, I understand. Know. I know. Uh, Ohio is such a warm, cozy state to be from. It's comfortable. No one's out to get you, really. That's kind of how I felt about it. What they call flyover states. Yeah. Yeah. And the people I know who are still there, like Heidi's from Ohio. Yeah. She's from the other corner of Youngstown. I'm from Cincinnati. We All met right. in Florida. There's a lot of Ohioans in, in Florida. Like, yeah. almost every other person I would meet. Well, it's a nice place to be from as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Those art fairs are really, they're, it's, they're very physically and emotionally yes. really difficult. I know. I mean, like, as you, I don't just as I you age, it's like you just can't keep doing it. Oh, yeah. It takes so, days to recover and days to 
So it's very time consuming. Right. Because I read in your description of when you started at City Market that part of what it appealed is that you're not having to like be on the road and pop yeah. up a tent. You're just in a stable place all the time, which I completely yeah. hear. Yeah. It's, um, you have your studio. You know where everything is. You don't have to pack up and move every other day. And, and a lot of damage gets, you know, yeah. you're unloading and loading vans. Right. I had a pickup truck with a thing, but um, I had a big panel full of paintings down on River Street that um, a wind knocked it over into the river. God. With the paintings? Yeah, because I had already attached them all because it was windy. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Were you, able to re- were you able to recover? No, but my dad had come down to visit and when he found out what happened, he's like, oh. He went home and got some, um, bless him, but uh, he got coat hangers, rope, <laughs> and he fished all weekend to see if he could get... Aww. I would have loved to help with that. I know. Uh, I'm like, Dad, it's probably halfway to Tybee. Look how deep it is. You start dropping something down there. It goes 20 feet. I mean, that's a sheer cliff. So right now, all the steamers, all the ships that come in, all the vessels that are coming into the port are going over your work. Possibly. That's that's kind of a badge of honor. That is heartbreaking. I'm just I I'm trying to imagine just watching a wall full of your paintings fly oh, into yeah. a river. I can that hear is heartbreaking. it. I didn't, you know, I heard breaking glass from other people trying to set up and I was like, oh man. Yeah. And wow. I had all my stuff propped up. Graphic display panels, which are like steel. Actually, wow. now that it, people do magnet fishing and they drop big magnets in, that would have worked, but I didn't know. When does the scourge, scourge, I don't know how to pronounce that word. When does the scourge of art fairs Yes. Um, I actually went down to Florida to do my dream art fair, which was like one, the top rated one, Winter Park Art Festival. And stayed. I didn't think I would want to move. To, I didn't intend to move to Florida until I got there. Met so many artists from Florida. Yeah. It was cheap at the time. Yeah, because all winter, all the art fair scene yeah. is down in Florida. So. Right. And I could read that on a list. And I was like, oh, man. And, well, for like maybe nine months out of the year, you could just do art festivals right around Florida. Oh, so that's why you moved. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I was driving to Chicago and, the, yes. you know. And in the winter? Here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talk about the wind. I feel like yes. a, a large portion of the country <laughs> is just weather-wise, like, not, it's not good for art fairs. It's insane. It's gotten worse. Yeah. When I started, I mean, uh, microcell thunderstorms removing all the tents, no matter how many weights and stake down yeah they're flying around it's what through climate change there's so many more of these stories of like microburst storms coming through and just tearing up everybody's things i know yeah it's wild i admire it's it's a really hard way to make a living right now in the 90s when i would meet people they were like oh yeah no no art festivals it's a secret you know you all those people that think galleries are where it's at no forget that art fairs we are all everyone i know make doing art fairs making six-figure salaries Hmm. Not really a salary. They're in business. Right. Mm-hmm. you got to figure out how There's to so many your expenses. own business. Yeah. Yes, and you write them all off. Think of the amount of mileage. Sure. But the thing that I feel when people say that, when people are like, oh, when you have your art in a gallery and they take a 50-50 or a 60-40 split, you're losing so much. But if you go to an art fair, sure, you sell the painting yes. and you get all that, but you have so many expenses around that. that. So it's not the yeah. same. It's not it's like so you're so actually making other... way more than the gallery. Like no. in, in a certain extent, it's nice to just sit at home and put your art in a gallery and they sell it and you make 50%. Right. I mean, and, if, and if they can sell it for a higher enough price... It's worth it to you, yeah. And the amount of time you save, not being on the road, but right? The time and the effort, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
instead of having to go get gas oh, and yeah. fix the tire or whatever yeah, it has crazy. So I feel like it's like a false thing to talk somebody into doing an art fair and I just know. saying you keep 100% of the profit because that's oh, just yeah, a very no. simplistic way of looking at I it. Yeah, but you take on a lot more of the aggravation, so... Yeah, um, you'll tolerate a lot when you're young and you're used to being poor anyway. And you don't know any better. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know any better. I, I would not change a, a thing because I, I, they're still friends of mine and I still well, look for them. It's a learning, it's a growing. Yes. And you learn everything about being in business. Yeah. yeah. You learn how to, you have your own little 10 by 10 gallery. Learn how to deal with people. You talk to so many people. Yes. It's amazing. And you get to see people's reaction firsthand, right then and there. And people at a typical art fairs just blurt out whatever they want. They're rude. You get a tough skin. Yeah. I think the people who come through City Market, I found, are way, way, way more polite than the vast majority. I like, know. Just as, as a whole. It's, really not, it's not like everybody at art fairs or craft fairs is rude, but I just feel like I had more extreme things said to me <laughs> doing those than I ever do at mm -hmm. City Market. Yeah, and also you learn how to paint fast. Um, I, I remember one of my professors saying, well, you don't just paint fast by painting a lot. You paint fast by intentionally learning how to paint fast. Because I think we were out trying to do a plein air thing, and it's like, this is impossible. You can't start and finish a painting in one sitting. He's like, yes, you can, and it's an important skill to learn. Mm. So I kind of remembered back on that. I was doing those intense studio paintings, staying up all night. That was my thing. Right. Painting alone, solitary. Right. And I was like, oh, well, I could never paint these in a day. But the people I know doing art festivals, they... They seem to be doing it. They got like a week or two a month to yeah. make a bunch of paintings. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to start with simple subjects because I, I like doing photography. I had photography photographs that I always thought would make good paintings. And I just jumped into it with oil paint and just with the knife. Well, I've seen you work Yeah, with the knife. And it's, and frankly, personally, the knife has always intimidated me. Yeah, it's powerful. It's a sports car. It's a Ferrari. It's exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yes, and, it's but exciting. But the way that you have that, um, what's the word, prepped, I get when you yes. prep, before you do one freaking stroke, Yeah. you have the everything prepped the way you want it to on the, on the knife. That started with before you even You have make. to have multi-layers. And that's just amazing to me. Tell us yeah. about it. So on the knife, you mean you have different colors in a layer going down the knife? So with oil paint, it's, it's thick, buttery, and very pigment dense. When I first started acrylics, I was like, you know, everybody always says acrylics look different. I'm, my goal is to make paintings just like I did the oil paintings. They're going to look like the oil paintings. And for a few months I did, and no one could tell the difference. And right. It involved heavy body acrylics and, you know, heavy gloss medium stuff. And um, Knowing when to water it down and when not yeah, to. Yeah, that started to come later because I couldn't really work with water in city markets. Oh, really? Oh, that makes sense. A little bit here and there, but I'm, I'm, you're packed in. Yeah, you're right. So it wasn't until I moved into my current space and hired a full-time employee... So the first six years I was, well, the first year I was upstairs, I had um, Bobby Bagley's original space, which was the little pie, little right. pizza slice 
Up at the top of the stairs to the okay. right. And they're on the south side of City Market. You're yes. on the side next to Signature Gallery. The good building. Yep. And... David. It's <laughs> uh, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, no, they both have their strength, strengths. I, I loved that our side of the building, when I first moved in, was great. I immediately became friends with Albert Seidel. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, King David... Right, Diane. right, and those and Rotor, he's not around. Diane anymore. is now next door to me. Yes. on the north yeah. side. Yes, you're in you're in King David's spot. That's right. Really? Oh, special spot. I think I'm one of the only yeah. people with two windows. Yeah, one of the only one of the He had spaces. a bubble machine at one. I need to get that. I remember seeing that. <laughs> yeah, that I remember seeing good. that out the window. Bubbles out the window to, to draw people bubbles. up, like the Pied Piper. Yes, it's a cool idea. Well, he would go out in the. Have you ever gone out in the courtyard and done it? No, I didn't think so, but I had to ask because no. I remember David used to I'd do that. Yes, so. and um, I I quit doing art festivals and packed all that stuff, gave it away. <laughs> so you don't want to <laughs> deal with being out in the no, courtyard. He doesn't again. want to schlep his stuff around. Okay, okay, so but you're right there. L- okay. Let me give you some mind blowing numbers. Okay, I'm upstairs paying two hundred seventy five. For rent of the little space. This was back in the old days. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that was like, you know, the when I, oh eight when I moved here. And you were so your space was so small you couldn't even really yeah. paint with water. Yeah, so I was like, okay, That's I'm so gonna put the, I'll, I'll just keep it as a display space and I'll I'll make a nice little rack card that shows me having a gallery space. Thought that would be cool um, and give me a little more credibility, and it did. And I was like, oh, okay. So I would send people up there and they would come. And... Wait, yeah. tell me. So I'm sorry. Where was your second? You were painting upstairs. Oh, where yeah. was the second space? Painting upstairs. The first like year or so. And the, I, you know where the Pi Society has the two downstairs? Yes. Directly downstairs? Those are small. So you had those to show your art. <laughs> and my, my, my first year, my first month of sales was $16,000. Wow. And I... Mind blown, so mind blown. Now that was a July, and it was a, a just the transition from upstairs to downstairs. Yeah, because I was like, right, because nobody comes upstairs. Except yeah, only if you send them up there. Like you got to go find your clientele, tell them to go upstairs. That's where that painting is hanging. Right. You know, um, we've tried so many things to get I people know. to come upstairs. I, and, and I feel like I get a lot of people upstairs just because they have to come up for the bathroom key. Yep. Which well, is, except so. for asking for the True. bathroom key. Mm-hmm. So that does get them upstairs. <laughs> and then you got to do a little song and dance and yeah. pull them out of the bathroom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, each of those rooms was about $1,000 a month rent. And it's like, okay, do I want $2,000 in rent? That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm glad I took a leap of faith. And those are small spaces. Yeah. I could see why that would be intimidating. I could show you some pictures. You'd be like, holy crap. I don't know how you fit 50 paintings for sale in there. Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, not all months are great like that, but. But that was a good impetus to. Sure. And I was like, oh, I've never made money. I've never had money in a savings account up until that point. And it was so profound in my life that I was like, Heidi, you need to quit your job and you need to work over here a few days a week because I need days off. You have the trade office. When you go downstairs, you're going to get a speech from the management that, look, a lot of artists don't like working seven days a week, but you have to be open seven days a week. Otherwise, you'll be fine. Your lease can be 
canceled and you owe the rest of it. Is it still like that downstairs? Yes. Okay. Oh, downstairs. I didn't, COVID, I didn't know yeah. that because I'm upstairs. I didn't so know downstairs that. is wow. downstairs. All the partners who own City Market have to. Well, they know how, let's <laughs> say, sketchy artists are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I had to about showing them. up <laughs> yeah. and doing things. And, and uh, so, yeah, they want to make sure that there's a presence known. Wow. Yeah, that's a big requirement. I know. Um, and that's what keeps a lot of people that's from the business doing that. It, though. But that's, yeah. that makes sense. Well, it's like they want it like a mall. Like, here's the hours we advertise that we're open. Everyone needs to be open. Otherwise, yeah. um, you know. Consistency. Oh, that's so interesting. We have so much relative, so much freedom being upstairs compared. To I that. know. Yeah. I only got freedom when I, I, so I got Heidi to work half the time, and then um, we decided we wanted to open a gallery in Charleston. That was 2011. 2011 through 13, I had a gallery in Charleston, and we also had. Now Heidi was an opera singer. She always loved Charleston for all its. It has a major theater mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. yeah. Six independent theater houses. Yeah, yeah and a spoleto and everything. Yeah. Tons of... Uh, just much bigger for theater. And she's like, okay, we're going to find a, an apartment. And I was making enough money. I'm like, okay, well, if it doesn't work out, then that's just another expense. I'll treat it I like was marketing. I was going to say, that was a, that's a trek. Two hours. To Two go to Charleston. So you had like a second residence in it Charleston. Got, and yes, and it got old for me fast. Yeah. So she would she would be there a lot of the time. She would take on um, you know, stage management jobs and stuff and I would pop over. It's always tough to have two galleries with your own name on it cuz you're you you feel like okay, you want that painting but it's up there. Um, or okay, I've got to go to can I can I bring these paintings up? There's days I would drive up and back in one day, and it's so tiring. So this, your city market space had to be open seven days a week, yes. and then you also have this gallery in Charleston. Yes. So you have a lot of employees. I had, basically. okay, before I got an employee, Dusty Ballmer, the photographer, mm -hmm. was, uh, I said, Dusty, I will give you a free place to hang your photos and your print bin, and you have to, you have to guarantee to me that you will be on time, show up at least two days a week. And then um, hopefully you'll come in more than that. And he did. And for probably five of the six years, Dusty was my partner. I never used him to, to get rent money or anything. I was like, okay, just sell. Just sell when I'm not there. Yeah. So between him and, and Heidi, that was, uh, that was a good mix. Then Vicky Waits had the two spaces I currently have. And now we're talking three times the rent I was paying. So these are, for the listener, these are two spaces on the ground floor of the South Building. Yes. Okay. In City Market. In City Market. Yeah. And at first, she, she was retiring. She had been there for 25 years. Yeah. And she was moving to Florida. And uh, I knew they were great spaces. I always thought, I would always look, look out in the courtyard and be like, oh, how'd she get that space? How does anyone get a space like that? It's It's got a yeah. courtyard window and it's got it's a big right arm. there when you walk yeah, by yeah. or when you walk in it's right there in front so she uh told me oh well I, you know i'm going to be leaving in a few months and you need this space i've made millions in this space i was like oh, yeah but i'm fine i'm comfortable where i'm at i don't know if i want to take on more rent 
you know, um, if I bring Dusty along, he's not going to pay any rent. Then I'm going to have this whole situation. I'm going to have to. So I, luckily I found someone who was great. And he's been John Kelly. And I had a set of keys already made for him. I'm like, can you start now? You know. He John, did start a couple days. John's fantastic. How long has he been with you? Nine years. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. I know. He's uh, he's great. He doesn't... Um, I said, okay, now, John, when you, ha- when you he's work... He's got almost a perfect personality for that, too. Yes. He really does, because he's, yes. he's welcoming and... So you have, it's, it's pretty wild that you have two spaces on the ground floor of City yeah. Market. One of them is small, and the windows are right on the yeah. courtyard. And you don't really, like, you don't sit in there or... I'm trying. It, the last two days, like I've been room? in there. Okay. okay. And then so. the other room is bigger, and do you paint in there? No, no. But if it ever came... To me, having to be open, like, it, if Heidi and John can't work and I have to be there for an extended period of time, I'm going to figure out a way to move my paint area there because I just do not have room where that little one is for more than small paintings. And yeah. Well, sometimes do you get a lot of work done because people come in and they start talking? Right. I never get anything done. Right. Yeah. So I've considered, once I got my employee and... Because, yeah, having an employee and having an expensive space, um, in some ways, it's like a job. And I treated it like a job. I mean, coming from my 20s, working so hard, multiple jobs, juggling, trying to make money from art. As soon as I kind of got that downstairs space, um, it it was clear that I could... Make it work and buy a, afford to buy a house. So we did. We bought a big um, a house, got a great deal on it. What neighborhood do you live in? Park Avenue, okay. oh, East nice. Side, Victorian. 3,200 square foot house. Big three car garage that I converted to an art studio. So once I got that situated, now that's kind of the man cave too. So you do most of your painting at your home studio? Yes. Okay. Pretty much from that point on. The only time I would work at the gallery was when we would get quiet and I would kind of, you know, February, January, yeah. you start questioning your life choices. <laughs> so, yeah. so you'll find me more often. You than can not. actually get, so do, they don't have rules at city market about like actually working versus not just downstairs. sitting there selling. Not downstairs. Okay. As long as you're uh, open seven days a week. As long yeah. as you're there. All you're right. considered, well, as long as you're open, you can hire people. Yeah. Um, you're considered more like a vendor or like a... Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I mean, this is why I say, I don't see you when you came up, when you say you could retire. It's just that you have (laughs) such an innate gift, let's say, Mm. a talent. Curse. Curse, however you want to say it, however you view it, uh, that I don't see you stopping. Oh, no. No, no. That starting from a young age, painting was the... How early? Crayons. Really? No, I. Um, you painted crayons. I paint well. I paint. I, somehow I figured out watercolors at a at like elementary <clears throat> age, and my mom had boxes of photos of. She was a realtor, and I was a latchkey kid. I did what I wanted. Um, they never knew what I was up to. If I could find something to keep me out of trouble, then good. We'll, this was we'll, kind we'll, of typical for kids back then. Totally typical. Yeah. Gen X all the way. Right. Uh, You're not going to tell me about drinking out of the water hose, are you? Absolutely. I could talk to you about drinking out of water hose. Okay, good. Well, (laughs) and I still tell people, eating stuff you get off the floor, it's not all bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's how you get a good immune system. It boosts your immune system. That's true. I think that's a very Gen X thing. We're all about our... (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, we survived. We're like feral wild wolves, and we have great yeah. immune systems. Yeah, mom gave me a bowl yes. of dirt every morning, and <laughs> we were fine with that. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. I wanted to talk about so just about your yeah. your working life. Um, the subject matter of your paintings at this point is um, it's like you describe it as everything from abstraction to wildlife and savanna yeah. street scenes. Yeah. And. Um, this, can you talk a little bit about, about like how you choose size wise and what materials you use and do you, are you painting multiple things at the same time and you know right. things like that? How do you decide painting to painting? <coughs> just, yeah, just your daily your daily life. I like that. Okay, so during the art fair days, you know every show would be um, an experiment because you'd probably want to try some new things and you'd see what was good and what you liked. And unfortunately, abstract. It, at a certain point, I said, okay, I, abstracts are probably, you know, non-objective abstracts with no subject matter, just really cool paint effects, is, um, is not appreciated by my clientele at my art festivals. Mm. So I'm going to find galleries for those, and I had some galleries for those. And then I'm going to do stuff that has a broad audience, which would be local. Um, more figurative, more... Yeah, I mean, um, stuff that's recognizable, that right. has a story. Uh, I know early on, long before I moved to Savannah, I was painting Forsyth Park fountains, and I'd be showing them in Atlanta, and everyone, almost everyone who would come in would recognize it, oh. and loved it, and talked about how it's the best city in the world. I was like, yeah. I wanted to move to Savannah instead of Florida. My dad didn't want me to. He didn't think. Oh, really? No, yeah, he talked me out of it. They that's said, so cool you made it here eventually. Yeah. I love that. It was your dream. I know. And when we finally did make it, I, I, I figured to try to talk me out again. And when I said, no, we're not moving in with you. Heidi's coming. We're going to have our own place. And I'm going to, he's like, oh, what are you going to do for work? I was like, I'm going to be an artist. City market. So when I moved here, I was prepared to maybe find a job in IT if I needed one. Um, thankfully, I haven't needed one. But it's always in the back of my mind that I could easily be broke and doing the same thing again, and that'll probably be fine, but that'll be tough now that I'm about 50. Your paintings lately. Yes. Do you work on more than one at a time? How do you do this? Yes. Um, I'll tend to start a bunch. So with acrylic, uh, the big advantage is that they dry fast, and you can have a lot of layers um, in a short period of time. Like over the course of a day, Right. you can really build them up. You can... Um, now with oil paint, there's the whole fat over lean thing. So the what? The, okay, so fat over lean. Oh, okay. So you now with acrylics, it, the opposite's true. You can do as many thick over thin or thin over thick as you want. It's all going to dry and chemically bond to itself. Oil paints, you may get away with it, but it'll crack, you know. And if you start putting certain things in. Right. So fat over lean, you have to start with really thin, light layers, and then you can build up to thicker layers as yeah. you go on. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite the mad scientist in my, my uh, studio at home. I've got every line of paint, low viscosity to high viscosity, stuff I can shoot through an airbrush, stuff I can... Um, you know, in between stuff, like I like Golden's paints, so Golden High Flow, Golden, all the Golden Mediums, I've got buckets of every kind of gel, 
you know, uh, every kind of molding paste, yeah. modeling paste. Golden is a great brand. Yeah. So when I got started, I was like, who's the best, who's the best at making a bunch of acrylic stuff? And the Golden's website's great. It's got tons of how-tos. The people yeah. are great. You can email them questions. I agree. So you have, you have multiple paintings going and you can kind of chip away yes. at each one a bunch yes. of times over the day. I like that too. Sometimes I outgrow the idea for a painting and it'll sit around and I'll just start over with something else. Yeah. If there's already a bunch of texture on it and I don't like the painting or don't want to finish it, I will, I will put a bunch of new texture on top and work with that. So okay. you just can always... In, make it know. abstracted kind of? Yeah. yeah. Florals... Now, I, I'd say in the last five years, I've really decided I want more abstract in all the things I paint. Yeah. So, um... Well, what you do now... Yeah. ...is fantastic. Thank you. I think. Uh, we're... To show how much you know. <laughs> it's actually... Well, you only see the good ones. Here's a good... Well, that's true. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way it should be. Yeah, you true. don't want to come out and say, oh, I don't like this one, so... So I'm going to hang it up. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't need yeah. that kind of disparagement. You get enough from yes. Heidi. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you want to nerd out about mediums and painting, yeah, that'd be great. So, how, Well, this is kind of what's fascinating to me about you, in a way, is, yeah. that, it, is that you are so into that... Yes. And yet also into business. Right. There's it's an analytical a, business side. There's a balance Thank in my the brain. Thank my that. Right. And I, that's rare. Would that's you believe really that rare. I take meticulous notes as to every exper experiment and it goes for hundreds of pages? I wouldn't doubt it. And I'm often rereading that's, stuff. That's and, called being a nerd. Like, how did I... Right. So I was like, oh man. And sometimes I'll have to figure out what date corresponds with a, a big breakthrough idea that I can't get back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, surface, what you start on has a lot to do with how the process, there's almost at least five layers in every painting I do. Okay. Sometimes they start from an abstract place, but sometimes I want to start on a fresh canvas and sketch it out. Um, you know, and it's frustrating because I always think I'm going to figure out the best way. And I have to yeah. remind myself, and I look through notes, and I'm like, oh, I've already been down that road. It's kept me up all night many times. Yeah. yeah. So it's more frustrating to work with acrylics because it's so open to what you can do. There's no limit. Oils, major limits. It's, it's so open huh. that it feels limiting. Yeah, well, you have to give yourself arbitrary rules. Okay, I'm, right. I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm, I love discovering new ways to use tools, palette knives, different shaped palette knives. I've yeah. got a guy in Canada that makes them for me, 75 what? bucks each. Yeah, just go to uh, Oak Rider um, palette knife. Just look up palette knife on Instagram. You'll find him. Okay. He's a master... Metalsmith. I didn't know there were there were bespoke palette knives. Oh my god! He's, right, he's great. I've spent, I've spent maybe eight grand. On you get the knives. serrated ones, and I mean, I have them, you know. And there's always the five I end up using. Right, right. But there's always hope, and it's so fun to order them, send them pictures of ideas, say, you know, I send them pictures of stuff. Now I've also gone the route of buying a bunch of equipment to make my own, well, not make them. I start with a good one that's that I can um, polish and sand down. Wow. Yeah. So. Do you ever work with one in each hand? 
Yeah, no, yeah. Um, that's that's funny. Yeah, like Edward Scissorhands, attach a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that. I'm just wondering because a lot of times when I draw it, maybe I have like the pencil in my right yeah. hand and the eraser in my left hand, and okay, so I'm wondering so if you're palette knifing around too. With oils, I always had a rag in, in the left hand, paint with the right hand. Um, with acrylics, um, it's usually a squirt bottle or an airbrush that I will spray water or blow air to move things around as I'm doing it, or a drip bottle for high flows. Now oh, I have cool. to work on my big table for that. So I can't do anything. I'm not even going to bring high flows into the studio because it's messy. Oh, right. Okay. And I need this. Your space. painting is laid out flat and you're blowing the yeah. paint around. And so, okay. And that was, I can, I never did that with oils, but with acrylics, I was like, oh, yeah. you know, you, you find people on YouTube doing pouring and all these interesting things. It's like, I don't know if I could ever work flat. But then I set up a four by eight sheet of plywood, maybe six or seven years ago, started experimenting with, um, uh, you know, watercolor-like effects. Like, okay, let's... Mm -hmm. So I, I, so there's a whole cool thing you can do texturizing the canvas first. I mean, the advantage of acrylics is that you really can just keep, you know, if it doesn't, if it's not working, you just keep working through it. Yeah. Eventually, you get it to work. Uh, if you have to, you can, like, gesso over it and yeah. then you're basically back to the original surface. Yeah, I've done a lot of gessoing. Yeah. And so, for all those reasons, acrylics are better for me now because it because I paint you know because I've got all the time that I ever wanted to work on art oil paints yeah boring not can't do a lot of experimenting with to them. you let's say right okay. like if I wanted to go other avenues with just oil painting I wouldn't be thinking what else can I add what kind of texture can I make first because mm, yeah. first off it takes so long to dry that what you're putting down you better commit to Right. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I'm curious, si size-wise, of your pieces. How okay. is there a certain, like, do you work at every scale? Is there a certain yes. kind of size range you I like do to do? I do work at every scale. Yeah. Um, I'd say 48 by 60 is about the biggest I will paint on, yeah. on my own, on spec. And do you build your own supports, or do you Not anymore. Okay. Um, I can, I, you know, once a year I'll go through paintings that uh, I've, I've just had it with, and I'll cut the canvases off. I'll keep the wood. Oh. I'll saw it up and re and remake some stretchers. And yeah. Throw them in the fire. Oh, I've had bonfires. Yeah. So I got really prolific. Yeah. No, it's good to be <laughs> prolific. I keep a photo on my phone to show people that want to hold on to art that either never sold or they didn't they didn't know how to fix. And I'm like, sometimes, sometimes you need you just load gotta... it up and take it to a dumpster. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I'll donate. I'm like, don't donate it. First off, you don't want a bunch of subpar work of yours in thrift stores everywhere. Right. Live long enough. Yeah. It'll, they'll start ending up at thrift stores, but don't contribute to that problem. That's a good point. Yeah. So. Well, for you, I understand, I, I believe that it's more of the practical application of the paint and working yeah. and making the work. Right. And once you're done, it's done. And you want to go on to the next one. Exactly. That's, you don't want to hold on to something that might, you know, just if you keep coming back to it so many times, yeah. you, you just got to get rid yeah. of it. It's You're dragging it down. Do you, Stephen, do you have your work hanging in many <coughs> businesses around town? Yeah. Why? Right over here. Yeah. Oh, 
Yes. Because we're in King Oliver's. I see you have a really cool painting of musicians in here. But I was wondering I know, if, if cool. very, like, do various restaurants and bars yeah. have your work hanging out that people yes. can see it around? There's probably about five Airbnbs. Okay. There's probably about four restaurants. Um, there is you, two galleries. Your, do you have your art in jazz? No, no okay. never did that. Okay. That was, yeah, Albert had the corner. He, mar- he, he was the big musician painter. And he had big paintings in there that he would sell. Um, okay. Yeah. Al- Just because I know, you ever know Albert. I don't know. Okay. He passed away. He was uh, fascinating because he had such an interesting life. He was a German guy, but he held the key. Now he was he built his own tall ship, and he sailed around the world a million times. Got invited to come dock it down on River Street in the early '80s by Rusakis, the mayor. To um, the, he said, okay, you can dock here for free. You get your free power, wow. water, whatever you want. You just need to let me entertain people on your boat. Because the fascinating thing about Albert, he was a great painter as his hobby. He had his whole boat set up as a art gallery. He would charge. What a dream! I know. Good <laughs> I mean, God. my God! It's a, good. It's a Winnebago on that. the water. I can't believe no movie got made about Albert. We actually wanted, you know, I was like, Heidi, I know you'd like to write. Would you please? Somebody should. Start? Yeah. Yeah. Now. Uh, so this is the artist who has the paintings at Jazz. Yeah. He was okay. the Jazz guy. Do, yeah. do you know where, which restaurants your art is hanging in? Well. No pressure. Allure. Well, Sixpence Pub. They sell a, a good bit. Oh, cool. They've got eight of my paintings at any given time. Yes, I have seen that in there. Okay. Yeah, I I've love that. Much. Yeah, it looks great yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, funny. Story. I love that they're selling them. Yeah, I was doing it before I even moved to Savannah. I was down on River Street doing an art fair, and I had always loved painting Sixpence because of that red phone booth, sure. and it looked like an unusual street scene, but I always thought it, it was the tops for Savannah. One of the tops. There's many tops in Savannah, actually. Very striking. Uh, Facade. It still is so, yes. it's so I know. It's, it, yeah. it's a gift. It's a gift to artists. If right. they don't want to paint it, they're missing out. Right. And it's it's complicated. So you I want to paint in the phone booth. but <laughs> Yeah. They keep it locked. I yeah, know. I know. <laughs> they won't so, want me. I always had like three or four paintings of six pence, various sizes. And, and then over the years, they kept asking me if I would hang artwork in there. And I was like, I don't know where you're going to hang it. It's dim. There's no room. You already have it furnished. And they're like, no, 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 come in, we'll show you. We want to do the very center. We'll, you know, find we'll find an electrician. We'll light it up and all that. So that's. It is well lit in there. I, I was yeah. in there recently. Yeah, that's cool. But okay, so sizes of paintings. Uh, I always wanted to paint big, but never had the room. Yeah. And then when I did art festivals, I realized, okay, I'm gonna master the 11 by 14 canvas size. And hmm. so that is mostly what I did. Hmm. And then when I got my city market studio. I started painting bigger, mm-hmm. and I, I would do commissions bigger, but I didn't necessarily, oh, and the abstracts were always bigger. They always sold bigger. So for Gallery, I was like, okay, small palette knife paintings for me to sell for whatever price I want, and I'm gonna do them fast, so if I do give them away, then I'm not, I don't feel like I'm losing a lot of money, but the big ones, I'm gonna focus on making them, you know, I can spend a lot more time on those, I'll ship them, to the gallery and incur all the cost. Um, so once I got the city market space, I was like, oh yeah, 
I can do these landscapes bigger. So uh, over the course of a year or two, I was like, oh, I can paint these bigger ones almost as fast as the smaller ones. Right. I'm just going to try to focus on those. And that's still what I do. I still don't paint very many small ones unless I'm there and I need something to do. Yeah. So it wasn't a matter of being intimidated by the size at no, all. No, because... You, you were ready to do it and you it wasn't like you eased into it. You were well, just ready to right. do it. Back in the early, when I was in my 20s, early 20s, I worked at Omni Netherland Plaza, and I was, uh, that was a big hotel in Cincinnati, and they commissioned a huge painting from me. The, the CEO found out I was in art school and, and came and talked to me, and, and nobody liked this guy. I'm not even going to say his name, but he was really <laughs> cool because he was an art collector, and he recognized a hardworking artist that he could get to do a big painting for cheap. Uh. And he did. And I did probably do it. I don't even remember what, but at the time I was like, you know, um, this is going to be great exposure. So I did a lot of things for exposure. Now I warn people, I'm like, if, if people don't want to pay you and they tell you you're going to have a lot of exposure, don't believe them because yeah. Yeah. do it. Only, only do that kind of stuff if you want to, if there's a personal reason you want to. You can't pay but, your bills with exposure. Right. Yeah. So um, We all know this story about yeah. exposure. Yeah. Yes. And then... Uh, so, you know, I, uh, the bigger, I think I learned early on, if you, just, if you want to paint bigger, it's going to be just like painting smaller, but you need to scale up everything. You're going to use a lot more paint. Don't even use small brushes. You've got to use the big ones. So, yeah, you know, you figure it out. But if you do paint a lot of big ones in a row, it's tough to go to other sizes and vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, it can I be intimidating. That. Oh, yeah. You're in a mindset. And, but I like to work at home where no one can see my failures. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I'll do an experiment where I'm like, okay, I'll bet this will work better if I dump a lot of thick matte medium and use, you know, a texturizing brush that's probably like an old crappy brush. And then I'm going to squirt some paint into it. And then I'm going to just get that first layer as ugly as I can. Maybe keep it random. Maybe half will be this way, you know, and then let it dry. I have a whole drying system down there where fans are suspended. Mm-hmm. And I can, mm-hmm. like a baker rack, yeah. wow. slide it up there, get it out of the way. Interesting. Take a break and don't even, don't look at it till you know, and then work on something else. So but I work on a handful of things. Don't yeah. think of them as failures. No, they're These never are failures. That people will see you failing yeah, at it. Experiments. Well, These are learning no. experiences. Like you said, experiments, yeah. yeah. yeah I know. Cool. I call paintings that never sell, I call those failures because they didn't complete their life cycle. Okay. Which ends in somebody owning them, putting them on their wall. That's fair. Yeah, but interesting. Still, they're there someday for someone. So yeah, know. no, they're there for me to reuse or destroy, or for you to just to learn look from. at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you never stop. Well, Stephen, this has been amazing. We're kind of coming to the end. Do you have any final words about new things that you're um, going to be looking forward to working on coming up? No, I'm open to yeah. suggestions. Okay. Well, I'll say I bought a new drone. For photography purposes, and I've been flying around Savannah the last couple of weeks, getting some amazing shots. So that is a very cool new project. Yeah, so I'm studying artists. Whole that, different perspective. Yeah, aerial views. I've done a few in the past. Um, I always think that there's so much information to simplify. How do you do it? And Mark Lake, yeah. who's a known for his street scenes, I've always known he must have a drone because he's got some really cool aerial paintings. I'm studying him and I'm, I'm close to coming back to trying it with oil paint because he really keeps a smooth 
soft spumato beginning, and then he pulls out little dots that are details once you step back from it. It's like, I think that's the only way to do a painting like that. Because I've done it other ways. And I can't wait to say this. Can you define for people what is spumato? Yes, that is the Italian word for something like from the mist. So you basically start Out of very the ether? General. What's that? Out of the ether? Yeah, probably okay. that. Okay. Cool. So from a painting, you know, there's a musical term or that's a, also used in music. And for painters, it means you don't focus on any details till the end and you bring everything up from a very blurred so it's how wow. real realism it's how good realism is probably made wow. I can't wait to see this upcoming yeah, really. series of aerial yeah. paintings that sounds very cool I've been focused on how to get the more realism lately with keeping background soft yeah. as you know palette knives they call so much attention to themselves one stroke of a palette knife will get all the attention in a painting if that's all you have mm -hmm. so you know, they could be fast, but they can also be slow. I figured out how to get a lot of detail with palette knives, just like you could with brushes. So it's still all in your your mind. Cool. Yeah, but it sounds like I hate to say this; it's going to sound trite, but it sounds like your journey, yeah, is continuing quite well because you're still yeah. learning. You're still getting. Yeah. Now you want to get a new expression for uh, and a new perspective yes. on this. Yeah. And it will literally be a new perspective. Yeah. That's one of the greatest yes. things about doing this. Thank Good. you so much for your time. Absolutely. This is fascinating. Yeah, um, no, this was great. I yeah. love talking about my past because I, I never do. <laughs> yeah. This has been Tamara and David and Stephen Kaysen. And um, you can go visit him. He has two spaces in the south side of City Market. That's the side next to Signature Gallery. And everyone, you can follow us on Facebook at Art on the Air. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.